You are listening to Big Trouble and Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. Internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I believe we're on episode 63, and I am looking it up at the moment because I'm always not well prepared. <laughs> Whatever, six, 60 something, 60, six, six times. 63, yeah, I was right, 63. And uh, we're still covering all the Planet of the Apes movie, and we are on probably the most funniest uh, Planet of the Apes movie ever made. Uh, and probably going to be ranked really low at the end of all our ranking. Not at the moment, because I have it at... We'll get there. We'll get... I'm going ahead of myself. And I'm with Andy here, and uh-huh. and I'm, you know, I'm Joe Dubs. So let, let, let's get into what the hell you've been watching, Andy. Uh, nothing. Uh, I... I whatever some old episodes of archer some old game grumps uh nothing <laughs> i got a new movie in the mail that i'm gonna watch as soon as we're done recording this so next week i'll have something to talk about but oh what's the movie just, uh a face in the crowd never heard Obviously, of it. i'll have more to say about it next week but uh it's from 1957 um it's directed by the guy who directed on the waterfront it stars Andy Griffith, and he's like a drunk, narcissistic, shitty guy, mm-hmm. and he's a country music singer. I, it's it's. I saw it on TV a long time ago, but I missed like the middle of it. But I loved what I saw, and Criterion Collection just put it out like this week, so I had it pre-ordered and turned up. Like we can watch it. Nice. I've been getting into like a lot of TV shows lately. Um, as if anybody's been listening to us from the beginning, I'm more of the TV guy. Andy's more of the movie guy, but I still watch movies. I'm not like a I'm a fuck movies. I want to see TV shows all the time. I've been watching The Last Ship season four. I forgot that they were uh, still doing those, <laughs> and I was I uh, I reapplied my Spotify account going to uh, premium, and it said, "Hey, you want a Hulu account?" I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." So they they give you Hulu uh, with Spotify now, apparently. And I saw that Last Ship has two new seasons, and they have anime on there, by the way. They have One Punch Man, they have Bleach. So, yeah, I have to uh, start consolidating all my, uh, <laughs> all these streaming platforms that I have, because there are, day, there are literally months that I go without watching something. And oh yeah, yeah, me too. And the more fragmented streaming gets, the more it's like, God damn it, this is where we were before. Mm-hmm. Everything adds up again because now CBS has to have a streaming service. Disney's going to have their own, uh, which I do want Disney, by the way, because of uh, what they're coming out with TV show-wise for Star Wars and even Marvel shows, too. Yeah, I want to see Mandalorian. Uh, they announced it's going to have every episode of The Simpsons on it, which I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Since they own Fox now. Yeah, so, uh, and I also watched a movie called The Avengers Endgame, which I won't go into any spoilers, because Andy hasn't watched it yet. We're gonna do a, a, a separate special on it anyway. Yeah, uh, we're still gonna do our own Planet of the Apes ranking, but End, uh, Endgame is gonna have a little, little tiny special. Uh, yeah, uh, what I'll say about Endgame is, it's, it's great. I mean... If you were a fan of Infinity War, you're definitely going to like Endgame. And that's all I'll say, because anything, if I give a hint on what I felt and what par- uh, parts made me happy and sad, even if I be really vague about it, it's still a spoiler in my opinion. So I'll hold that off until the special episode where we go in-depth. And remember, everybody, when we do a, sh- uh, a podcast on Big Trouble, everything's game. 
There is no non-spoilers. There's spoilers throughout every episode we do. So uh, Yeah, so if you've been meaning to watch uh, Tim Burton's take on Planet of the Apes for the last 18 years and you haven't gotten around to it, uh, now's your chance. But uh, here's a spoiler for you. Don't fucking bother. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's segue right into it now. Uh, yeah. Planet of the Apes, directed by Tim Burton. Now, I heard this was pretty much during the era of when Tim Burton started getting lazy with his movies. Is that correct? Well, yeah, 2001, that was like the tail end of him. Like, in the 80s and early 90s, he made like a bunch of like great stuff, like uh, uh, Beetlejuice, Batman, uh, Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through the 90s, it kind of got like, uh, I, in my opinion, his last good movie was um uh the oh my god um uh, the, the 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 martians one that's how good it is i can't remember the name uh um, the attack from mars or yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh jack nicholson like, right yeah i mean yeah. And, and a ton of other people the movie's got a crazy cast uh it was good and then from there it was kind of like kind of coming down and this movie was a big big part of that because i think hollywood was like oh man this guy's really popular we're gonna start using him for stuff and but planted in the apes now uh right off the bat it's important to say uh this movie is nonsense and it's no good but the story around the movie like how they were trying to get it made for decades and everyone who's attached to it and the problems and difficulties that um Wahlberg and Burton have both talked about in interviews are all super interesting. Like I was reading last night for more than an hour on Wikipedia, IMDb, and a bunch of other places about this movie. Like I, I almost read about this movie as long as it took to watch it because the movie itself is just it's like I said, it's no good. It's not even really worth your time, but it's just such an interesting... They shot this movie in 80 days. The studio was, like, breathing down his neck to get everything done before they'd even started shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, they were rewriting parts of it while the sets were being made. And even before that, like, who, who all was attached to this movie? Like, um, James Cameron was going to produce it. Uh, Christopher Columbus was going to direct it at some point. <laughs> um, Oliver Stone was attached at some point. It's, it was... It was Ridiculous! Like there, there are a ton of ton of actors, or actors, actors as well. In fact, just a ton. It's crazy. It's so interesting to read about. Honestly, um, reading about this movie is a hundred times more entertaining than watching it. And Wayne's gonna lie, just right. All right. Well, the thing with Tim Burton is he does get a lot of good actors in here, and I just want to name some people. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put this out there, but, you know, he's the main actor, but he's not, in my opinion, he's not a great actor. Uh, some movies he's actually good in, like, Four Brothers. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is in it. Tim I Ryan. think Mark Wahlberg is capable of being a good actor. I don't yeah. know if this is his best part. Tim Roth on the other hand is fucking great. He's, like, my favorite part. Him and Paul Giamatti, they both him. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I kind of want to make a correction, because I should have done my due diligence of looking at IMDb before fucking... Opening my mouth with it, which I always do on this podcast. Sandra Bullock was not in this movie. She does look like Sandra Bullock, the Ari, the uh, the ape. Elena Bonham Carter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I for forever since it came out in two thousand one, I always thought it was Sandra Bullock because I literally watched Speed One during that time, and maybe I got mixed up because they do have the same uh, hairstyle. And kind of how they talk a little bit. But, yeah, that's my mistake. And then you also have Paul Giamatti, which is fucking hilarious in this film. He's excellent. Uh, David Warner, uh, Eric Avari. Michael Clark Duncan. Mm-hmm. Just fucking tons. And I will say the visuals in this movie, the apes look really fucking good. Uh, compared to... And I will give them the credit. In the old movies, they... What they had is what they had, and they still did pretty good. Um, but, you know, in 2001, where technology was getting a little bit better, uh, apes and gorillas actually looked, you know, as apes and gorillas. 
Uh, yeah, the practical effects in this movie are not that bad at all. Like, mm -hmm. uh, everyone looks good in the suits. All the costumes are great. I fucking love the armor that Fade wears. It's so cool. And um, and uh, uh, what's uh, the gorilla, Michael Clark Duncan, Antar or something like that? Mm -hmm. his, his, like, helmet and, like, the stuff that's draped from it all looks super cool. Like, I, the the people who worked on this movie, as far as like design work go, well, at least as far as costumes go, they they did a great job. Some of the sets were boring, sets were okay, but the costume work was super cool. Yeah, what was really good is that you could sense the the size of the set, though. Like in the old ones, you knew that they were working. With oh them. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And in this one, you're like, oh man, there's a lot of land. The, you know, the the towns actually look a little bit bigger than the old one. Yeah, the uh, city looked like an ape city. It didn't look like an ape set with six buildings. Yep. And, uh, I don't know. What really bothered me is that Tim Burton's weirdness kind of came out a little bit. Like, when he... How they I mean, were that's every Tim Burton movie. Tim Burton has never made a movie that didn't look like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. He's never made The Straight Story, which is a David Lynch movie that isn't a David Lynch movie. Yeah, but there's, like, a part where it's just like, hey, I want you to be, like, apes. But then Tim Burton is like, I want you to be as weird as a fucking ape. And there were certain parts where, like, how uh, they were touching each other and uh, smelling each other. I, and there's a dog barking. Um, you're probably going to hear um, that. There's an interesting... Uh, one of the things around this is originally um, the plot had... A ton of, and then less and less and less and less of like. Uh, originally, there was going to be like an ape-human hybrid story. Um, there was going to be a romance between um, the main character and uh, Ari, Harry, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, but the studio kept saying no. We don't want any allusions to bestiality. We don't want any of this, that, and the other. So there was less and less until we got what we got. But I still think Tim Burton snuck in. Like a ton of like really awkward, like uh, romance stuff between the two of them. I mean, obviously there's the the kiss, but I mean mm -hmm. there's a kiss at the end of the original one. So I'd like to kiss you. Oh, but you're so damn ugly. It's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that that's an illusion of that. They they get away with that. But it's yeah. so weird. So it's, it's yeah, you're right. It's got it's got weird. Besides just uh, the Burton weirdness too but all of his movies are like that he's got he's got a tone he's got a um arguably it's what makes him an auteur you could say i mean auteur mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean brilliant filmmaker it just means that it's got all of their hallmarks you look at it you're like i know who made this movie this is obvious mm -hmm. and uh what's funny about this is that it's considered a reboot this movie and it's still canon with the whole planet of the apes series uh, because it goes. I off. don't understand how. There's an actual timeline where it shows uh, that this is part of the reboot timeline, which goes into the new movies. Uh, so this this is canonical with the three movies we're gonna watch after it. Technically, yes, but it's still a standalone to the 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 new ones that we're gonna see, which are pretty I much. I find that super hard to believe. Uh, that's what people have been uh, putting together uh, when they follow each timeline, and with you know, with the directors and the writers saying, "Yeah, it's still part of canon." I'm like, because they kind of mention. Uh, I'll go to this scene. Uh, which, by the way, was that Charlton Heston in the bed, the dead uh, ape? It was. I'm glad you caught it because I didn't. Like, I was reading afterwards that Charlton he was in that movie. And I was like, what the fuck, where? And I had to look it up. It kind of made sense afterward. It's kind of interesting because uh, Tim Roth uh, said that he would have never taken the role if he knew he was going to do a scene, which is Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston is the leader of the NRA, and he kind of hates him for that. And uh, it's interesting because in that scene, he gives him that gun. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's, it's a weird, like, extra level, like, oh, that's fucky. Yeah, but he had, like, a good message behind it, I guess. Where he's like, you know, these humans are evil with their weapons, and it was in service to the plot. Mm -hmm. And they had to throw in the line, "Damn you, damn you to hell," and all that stuff, which he said. I fucking hate that though, because yeah, 
get your hand off me, you damn dirty human. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, damn, damn them all to hell. But they're both like, they're trying to be like, ah, you see what we did? And nudge, nudge. And it just falls completely flat. I hated it. Because that's that scene between uh, Heston and Roth is actually really good. I liked that scene. And mm-hmm. I like the acting. And I like, uh, you know, what's going on with the plot. But then when he said that, it just took me completely out of it. I was like, that's fucking stupid. Like, like when uh, Michael Clark Duncan says it to Mark Wahlberg, Mm-hmm. It was still stupid. I still rolled my eyes, but it didn't like ruin the scene. I was just kind of like, "Now oh, here we fucking go. This movie's gonna be silly." Yep. Uh, back to the Charlton Heston scene. Um, I felt like they were trying to connect it to the old movies, where they're like, "Oh, you know, this person, this other ape. Uh, we were once with the humans, and then something totally went wrong. And in that vase is a gun, and you know, humans are evil because you know." they're here to kill us and all that stuff kind of like influencing uh fade uh, to um pretty much hate humans because I, I i don't know like they were really vague on that scene like i wish they went more into that a little bit i don't know why because yeah I, me, me too i was like fade was probably my favorite character in the movie uh do in this small part to how well he's acted by tim roth though i do have some major reservations about that but we'll circle back to that mm-hmm. um he's like the best character and it's cool that he's given that motivation to be like oh look you can stop the humans they're evil the whole thing with dr zayas in the originals but like the dr zayas character had like nuance and like at first he's just like he's totally evil and especially in the second movie but even by the end of the first movie you kind of see where he's coming from mm-hmm. especially after the surprise ending you're like oh he's right Mankind is evil. Mankind did destroy their entire society and most of the planet. So you you kind of get that. But with Fade, it's just he hates humans, and then his father tells him something that reinforces his hate toward humans. And his character doesn't really like grow in that way. Not not. I mean, Doctor Zayas. I'm not saying had a ton of character growth, mm-hmm. but you end up empathizing with the villain and. At no time are you going to empathize with Fade in this movie at all. Uh, I, as an actor, I think he was great, but he did yeah. he did act really well. Where I was like, I fucking hate him, dude. Just he needs to go, and uh, that's good when you're acting that good to, to be a bad guy <laughs> to the point where the viewer is just like, he, he's a bad guy. He needs to go. He needs to be defeated in some way. And yeah, I guess that character, like after Tim Roth filled it. They were talking, and it went through some changes. So it was originally going to be like um, an albino gorilla, like a white ape, but mm-hmm. they changed it and uh, they brought it down to chimpanzee. Which on paper, I'd be like, "Oh, that's that's lame. He should be a soldier. He should be a, a gorilla." But man, he fucking kills it as you know, looking the way he does. And I guess Tim Roth also asked like rewrite it and react it a little bit to make him even more ruthless. And as long as we're already circled back to that. Like, I think it's to a fault, because that character doesn't have levels. It's just he's, like, snarling and pissed off the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a shame, because um, when he's when he's running at 9 to 10 the whole movie, it's not surprising when he does something like get pissed off and tear that fire down off the ceiling and jump onto his horse and look all pissed off. It doesn't mean anything, because he's pissed off all the time. Like, if he was, like, more of a reserved character and then that wrath came out, it would have meant more, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little silly. Um, then again, I guess because they all respected his father in some way. I forgot what his father was. Was he like a senator? Uh, uh, he was. I think he was a general. Okay, so that that's why the gorilla was like, you know, because that part, so I was like, man, Thade is being a real asshole to these gorillas, and I know a gorilla could beat the shit out of him. And... Fade was a leader, just like his father, because they were direct descendants from um, what they call the original ape, Simos, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they were direct descendants from him, so of course they had chimps because he was a chimp. Yeah, 
What'd you think about the humans talking? Because I kind of didn't like that. I, I wish they stayed to the original where they weren't conversating. But then again, Mark Wahlberg would be just talking to himself the whole time. And that would be yeah. weird. It's good that they gave them something to do and say, but I don't understand the rules of it. Like, they don't talk throughout most of the beginning, like the first act. Mm-hmm. And then when they do, I was like, wait, they can they can talk? I don't... It, and I know the movie's trying to do its own thing, but it's not really set up why they're quiet all the time. They're just like, oh, don't talk. And then there's never any consequences for talking. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, I know, we jump a lot, and when we do 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 these movies and stuff. But have you noticed that in this movie, you don't really see any like pre-Earth kind of things where humans were ruling the the planet? Well, it wasn't Earth. Yeah, pretty much. No, I mean it wasn't Earth. The, yeah. the place where they are is canonically not Earth. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Because I hated it. <laughs> It, it takes away so much because mm-hmm. I guess you're left to assume that humans are the descendants of the humans that were on the space station, which I can't even wrap my head around how little sense that makes. I don't, I, I like there's that, that um, exposition where it's like, oh, the apes are attacking us. Like, oh, this, this is our last message. Yeah. But some of them survive or some of them don't survive. Also, why would the apes flourish and men would get? I don't. I don't know. I guess when um, I'm gonna say Mark uh, Wahlberg's character because uh, <laughs> I know him by that. Uh, Mark Wahlberg goes into the storm, and I guess they go, "Oh, he's lost. Now we have to go after him." So they send the whole space station through the storm, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> I think they just like got close to it, and then it it pulled them off or something that's what i said yep and uh they were did they show in the old one that uh apes were or not apes where humans were sold as pets in the old ones because i must have missed it because i saw that they used apes as pets but i don't remember in any um i I, it's alluded that they had done it in the past because I've even referenced this on other episodes, I think. But Dr. Zayas says when they're at the dig site and they brought man into the garden and didn't make sport of them or something like that. So man at some point had been a pet in the original timeline, but he no longer was. Now now he's just a wild animal or whatever. I think even, in this movie they're even using them as like a beast of burden sometimes because they're pulling that cart as well. What really bothers me about this film is that it tries to be on its own, but then it also tries to be like the first one a lot, where they they mentioned the Forbidden Zone. Um, there are the scarecrows. Yeah, the scarecrows are there. They try to like put put that nostalgia uh, thing where you know they put the line "Damn you to hell." Don't touch I mean, me. It's still, it's still a remake, so of course they're going to do as much of that stuff as they can. That's why that movie got made. Like mm-hmm. If they were going to make an original movie, they would have just written an original movie. But I mean, at this time, uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, that was happening. You know, there was stuff like uh, the, uh, Independence Day. When did that come out? Uh, 2012, maybe. Uh, Day After Tomorrow. You know, all the... Um, what's that guy's name? It starts with an E. All of his shit. Mm-hmm. Emmerich. <laughs> what? I'm trying to think what else was uh, bad about this movie. There's a lot of bad more than good. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's just that it's clearly rushed. And I think it's... The more I read about it, of the impression I got that this movie could have been good. I think they had some decent ideas. But there's a few of the plot points that I guess were always going to be there that I just didn't care for that much. When did Chris? Um, uh, when did the Chris Chris Cotterson? I can't say his fucking name. When when did he get hurt? Because I don't. Remember, besides maybe getting captured. Or I, I I guess that was it. Like when they were in the jungle, he got hurt at some point. I think he was tackled or something. I didn't realize it was him at first. Though is that fucking Jeff Bridges? Because they look a little similar. And I figured out later. Oh, it's Chris Cotterson. 
Yeah, you gotta I look think at I the said eye. Is Jeff Bridges in this movie? Because it looked different. You always gotta look at that one eye. <laughs> His one eye is a little derpy. Um, wow. I just thought everything looked well. Back to Tim Burton, uh, with the weirdness and his art style. I like that uh, you see the city from a distance and it looks a little cartoony. I don't know if you noticed that. Somewhat. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, it's like an animated cartoon, but it, like, it looked like it was drawn in, 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 in the background. Do you like Tim Burton as a filmmaker? Like, uh, not, not just like, you don't get to cherry pick and say, well, I like it with Batman. Like, do you like his whole body of work? I think it's unique, but it's not for me. It's a, it's a, it's objectively, yeah, for sure, or subjectively. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I don't go like. There's a lot of people that go, oh, Tim Burton, you know, uh, that Halloween movie. I forget what it's called, uh, the Christmas Halloween movie, whatever. Uh, oh, where, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. That one. Uh, you know, I appreciate it. It's unique. I just don't see the hype in it. I just usually the stories to me when I see his movies is really uh, bare bone and straight to the point, and it's it's all like for for looks. Like, hey, look at my art style, which is pretty fucking wild and weird. And then here's this like not original plot. There you go. He's got a vision, but I mean, he's also got artists working on his his productions. And he also has screenwriters and stories and stuff. Well, that's why. I, to... Well, that's why I like Stanley Kubrick, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy. That usually, that you know, they put a lot of thought into their art when they're directing, but they also tell a good story at the same time. I feel like with Tim Burton, it's more of let me put on a show for you, but then it's just an okay story. Style over substance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much this film. Uh, you know, they had the Planet of the Apes franchise where they could throw in these, you know, nostalgic lines and scenes and stuff. So nothing was really original about this besides maybe changing the Forbidden Zone with the cave uh, to the space station. And then... Uh, you know, there's another change that they do. Oh, pretty much the fucking ending. Instead of the Statue of Liberty. And I guess we'll go into it right now. Uh, Might as well. I mean, I... I was out of breath laughing. I had tears in my eyes at the ending. I'm so glad no one heard the end of this movie for me. Like, I feel like maybe I might have heard about it in passing and forgot about it. So I saw the end of the movie. I, I'm serious. I lost my breath laughing. It's so fucking... Dumb! Oh my god! Yeah, so pretty much, uh, we forgot to talk about in the beginning where they do a simulation with the the monkey, and uh, the monkey gets lost in the storm. That's why Mark Wahlberg goes in there, and that's why he ends up on this other planet. And they kind of foreshadow it in the beginning. They say, "Well, he's trained to always come home." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then when Mark Wahlberg turned on the uh, the broken spaceship that is in the new planet with the apes, uh, he comes back, and everybody thinks he's a prophet, I guess, because he's coming from he's coming from space and landing in this, uh, uh, you know, landing in front of them, and he's a monkey, uh, which they don't like to be called monkey; they like to be called apes or gorillas, um, and. They doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he, he pretty much slaps, bitch slaps uh, the, the monkey and he goes in his cage. But anyway, back to the ending part. I guess what they're trying to say is because they've uh, been getting this technology somehow that they went back to the timeline where Mark Wahl Wahlberg was and went to the past and that's why apes are now ruling... America? And I'm totally just like saying what the fuck? I don't understand how apes are now copying <laughs> everything the humans did in history. Where yeah, it, is, it, like, it alludes a little more closely to the original book. 
but it it doesn't make the more you think about it, the less sense it makes. Like it's a standalone thing at the end of the movie. I don't think it works. I don't think it works setting up a sequel. I don't think it works as almost anything. It's so ridiculous. Like it's interesting visually. That is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting. A lot of the um, uh, trivia for this movie on IMDb. There's like three instances of people talking about the conclusion and why everyone was was always confused. Tim Burton did it, and it was in the in the script that he got. Like he didn't write the ending or anything. The the script was always going to have an ending like that, so they could set up for a sequel. Originally, mm-hmm. he was going to land in the middle of Yankee Stadium during a ball game, and it was going to be all apes at the stadium. But they decided that cost too much money. See, <laughs> see, but, I would, I would write, but. Uh, the other two comments are from uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Was like, I don't understand why people are confused by it. It's uh, time is it, it's a time warp thing, and it's like they got back for him and took over the world. And uh, Tim Roth said he has seen the movie twice and he still doesn't understand the. <laughs> See, I would have rather have him land in uh, Yankee Stadium because. You're not messing with history. I mean, yeah, there's Yankees, I guess. Um, I'm guessing they would would adopt playing baseball at some point. I guess it depends on whenever they came back. Yeah, because I don't know, man. Like having Abraham Lincoln being an being an ape, <laughs> it was fucking weird. <laughs> I again, it's a cool visual. Like if I saw just that picture, it does. Wow, look at this. Mm-hmm. It's opposing, it's interesting as far as Planet of the Apes go. Like, if you take it out of that context, it's pretty stupid. But, like, as a scene and as an ending to that movie and as uh, a link to a possible sequel that never got made. What? I don't think. I mean, I'm serious. I cannot believe the ending of this movie. I don't think I've had that reaction to a movie in, like, years. I. I'm I'm like as we're speaking right now I'm like thinking of scenarios that like I guess they're trying to say since you know apes have the same technology as humans they pretty much copied the same history as humans where you know they're going to lead to destruction they're you know they're violent but they're also peaceful at the same time so maybe I don't know like I heard the sequel to this movie uh, went into developmental hell and it just never got out of that. So, I, I don't know. And then pretty much, which is going to lead to the uh, next week's uh, episode, which is Rise of the Planet of the Apes, where, where we go on a prequel. And they go down the storyline of Caesar. Well, and, and again, they don't mention Caesar at all in this film. This, they, this film throws, throws that out the window. That's not a thing. In my in my in my opinion, I think everybody should ignore this film. Yeah, that's what I said. It's not worth your time. Because it, it's literally a nostalgia trip. If you like the first Planet of the Apes, they just threw in uh, a few scenes of that and just changed things around a little bit. Just watch the original. This one has uh, wonderful costumes and some pretty decent stunt work and. Some pretty good acting from two or three people. That's it. That's it. That's all of its redeeming qualities. Uh, just watch a movie that has Tim Roth in it instead. Watch a movie with Paul Giamatti instead. Watch uh, uh, anything. Just don't. This movie stupid. Go watch uh, the Amazing Spider-Man two with Paul Giamatti in like the last five seconds of that movie. It's way better than this movie. <laughs> Go watch uh, the first five minutes and the last few minutes of Pulp Fiction. See Tim Roth in that. Yep. There you go. The, the diner scene. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get into our ranking. Uh, I'm a little bit different, but we still have the same opinion about this movie. The only yeah, reason... I just... I, I, was, I was pretty confident that I could do that, and, and nothing like that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's going to move down to where you put it. So, Andy, where, where, where did you put Planet of the Apes, Tim Burton? I, I just went ahead and put it at number nine because, uh, honestly, I don't think the three that we watch after this are going to do any worse than that. And I didn't want to have to shuffle it around the list every time I put something. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I have it at number six because I'm being conservative a little bit because maybe I'm thinking that one of them is just going to piss me off story-wise and it might be a little bit better than that. But I have a feeling it's going to move down to number nine really quickly. So uh, I'm not shuffling around. I mean, it could shuffle the other ones around too. I mean, again, still haven't seen these movies. Never have. The only movie I ever saw <laughs> is the Tim Burton movie. And since watching it again, I just know it's a garbage film. So, for people out there listening, we're definitely not recommending this film <laughs> for, no. you to, for you to watch. <laughs> I mean, I kind of knew that going in. This movie has that reputation. Um, it was... Well, I thought it was okay when I first watched it, probably because I never saw the other movies. So it made that... its money back, but I feel like a lot of that was there was a lot of promotion for this movie, like uh, cross promotion, like fast food shit and toys. And... Mm -hmm. But this movie had a budget of a hundred million. It made three hundred and sixty-two million. I mean, it made money. Oh, obviously, it made money because it has Planet of the Apes and Tim Burton on it, and all the yeah, other actors. For sure. But uh, critically speaking, I think this movie was like a super low point. You want to hear something silly? Um, if I no, fuck it. Uh, I know that this movie Meta Metascore was a little bit higher than the older ones <laughs> that were out. What? Yeah. So that that was kind of like what the fuck. Yeah, that's. Because I think Escape or, or or Battle had like a 49 or something like that, but this one had a 50. But it's I guess it's one point. That's gross. Anyway, uh, next week's episode, we're watching Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which came out in two, 2011. So we're on to the prequels, guys. We're, we're getting into the newer movies now. They, and... let, they let it simmer for a decade and made what I'm told is a fantastic movie. I can't wait to watch the next one. Yep, it's going to be great. And uh, remember to watch it, then come back here, and then we talk about it. And see if uh, you have the same opinions as us. If you have different opinions or you hate our opinions, please comment below uh, on Podbean, which is novnetwork.podbean.com, and say, hey, you guys have bad opinions, or hey, you guys have good opinions. But anyway... Let's get into news that matter to us. So, uh, news broke literally this week. Uh, the Sonic movie tra uh, trailer came out. And uh, let's just say majority of the people fucking hated it. Some people were trying to find, oh, the story. Interesting. N no. I mean, you have Gangster's Paradise. You have... Uh, uh, Dr. Eggman being Ace Ventura. Jim Carrey. Yeah. It, playing Ace Ventura, pretty much. Uh, I don't know, like, why did, why do they have to bring these, like, video game characters into the real world? It's so retarded. Just make a, do what do what fucking Disney's doing. Like, they're doing this, like, live-action but CGI kind of thing with Lion King. Why can't you make a Sonic movie like that in, like, the green zone and all these weird fucking settings that they have? Over the last few days, I've had a really animated opinion about like movie. I've been talking to a lot of people about it, and I just realized I'm, like, I wore myself out a little bit because I should be shouting and raving right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I don't understand. <laughs> but it's so, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If they were doing it on purpose, if they were like giving the movie that weird tone and that weird like, like pathetic 90s feel to it, they mm -hmm. would be geniuses. Like if they were going for that and, and got it this thoroughly, the people making this movie would be fucking geniuses. But they're not. They're just, it's a movie being made by committee, by Hollywood. Sega wanted some extra money. They mm -hmm. saw what was going on with uh, Detective Pikachu and a couple other things. And the logo of this movie, are they fucking serious? It's like neon lettering on, lettering on a black background. You're just stealing the aesthetic from Detective Pikachu. It's like Paramount Pictures is trying to pull 
uh, an asylum pictures and confuse people. And uh, I guess Sonic is an alien because he pretty much says uh, to the the cop or something. I have to save your world. Yeah, and again, you don't have to put it into our reality. It's a video game. That's why we play video games to escape this reality. It doesn't need to be in this reality, even though I know that there's not going to be a crazy scientist who's going to turn animals into, like, robots and shit and... uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited about this movie, and I'll tell you why. Um, This movie has no hope of being This movie has a snowball's chance son in hell of being a good movie. It's going to be bad. It's going to have a bunch of decisions for casting, poor um, direction, poor CG, poor effects, poor marketing, poor everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited about this movie because it's being made with such a level of incompetence and such a low level of respect for the source material. I mean, what little respect Sega themselves have played have paid to the blue blur, blur over the last several years. Why I can't talk. <laughs> uh, it's this movie has a chance at being outrageously, hilariously terrible. This movie has a genuine shot at being like you know so bad it's good. People love to say that phrase. Oh, it's the worst movie ever. I love watching them. Like the I room? love I love watching uh, Samurai Cop Miami Connection. I love watching them. <laughs> Me too! I fucking love all these movies too! None of them are the worst movie ever made, but they're all super entertaining, and that's, that. I think this movie has that chance of getting there. It's gonna be an awful movie. It's gonna be outrageously entertaining. And yeah. I really hope the people making it, the only the only thing that can happen is there's gotta be two kinds of people on that set and two kinds of people on that post-production team. And they have to be absolutely clueless. They have to be someone who who has never even played a Sonic the Hedgehog game. Their kids said Sonic the Hedgehog to them once, and mm. like that—that that was pretty much it. They just—they barely know what Sonic is. Um, uh, we're gonna make it. Well, that Mario guy's popular, right? Is a Mario character. And the only other op- the chance is everyone else has to be like someone who is gonna just roll with it, just tongue in cheek, like well, this movie's fucked. I'm gonna make sneak a joke in there that's about Sonic Boom. Just just a quick pun about Sonic Boom, something like a little wink to people who know. That's the far less likely half of it. But I think mostly it's just going to be clueless Hollywood dipshits that are just going to make a complete sack trash. And oh, I hope so much. Oh, I, I have such high expectations for that to happen. And the worst thing that can happen in this movie, the death knell for it, would be that it would be mediocre. If it was just like, just just not quite passable. If it was forgettable. Mm-hmm. That then then that'll that'll be the biggest shame. I think it has a shot. I think it has a shot. Yeah, I mean it might have a cult following at the end because of it's so bad that it's good. Um, I will say, and I do agree with you that these people that are doing the design and everything uh, heard that you know their kids say Sonic once, and you could tell by the design of how Sonic looked. And news pretty much came out today that. People, they they uh, heard that people hated the design, and they're going back to the drawing board and uh, redesigning Sonic. The director tweeted it, like, hours ago. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I mean, that movie comes out in November, so they're going to have a lot of work to do. But he says they're going to redesign it, and they're going to try to fix it. And Godspeed and God bless it. Because uh, that's really cool that a studio would actually be like, no, maybe we did fuck up. I guess maybe we should do something. But yeah, obviously, but... at the end of the day, Paramount and Sega both are probably very aware of backlash from that awful, awful Sonic design. And it's not just the design; it's everything. But eh, we'll let them try to fix it. This will be fun. It, this is this is an interesting meta to what is Sonic the movie. I've had a perverse interest in this movie, like since it got announced, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And at first, I was like, "Well." I'm like wringing my hands. I'm like, yes, this movie is going to be terrible. I can't wait. <laughs> and 
they must have known that the design was really bad because they their marketing was like, hey, look at these legs, <laughs> and uh, look at look at the feet. They're uh, they're Sonic feet, and I'm like, something ain't up, dude. And then when they release this trailer, uh, usually when they hype up these teaser trailers, they kind of do a teaser of a teaser. This was straight out of like, boom! Here, here we go. Here's the Sonic trailer. I know you guys are happy about Endgame, and you know you guys are high on superheroes right now. But look at this Sonic film. Maybe this will just maybe the superhero shit will distract them, this bad trailer. And my God, Gangsters Paradise. I mean, I like that song, but what? Why? Why from Sonic trailer? So stupid. Oh man, I really hope the soundtrack. Is like a, is like a nineties. Uh, now that now that's what I call nineties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know you know it would have been great having <clears throat> one of this uh, the level music be remixed somehow into the, the trailer, but no, they they no, chose that's, that's too cool. It, they chose Gangster's Paradise because if I read correctly, he's supposed to be a like pretty much a bad teenager. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog kind of thing. I forgot what uh, he's got two bitch. Don't you know who Sonic is? He's bad to bone, man. He's got a ton of attitude. He ain't gonna listen to no one. He's gonna listen to to humans against Genesis. Hag. <laughs> yeah, so that they're changing. Uh, they're changing the design. So hopefully we'll see where that leads. Um, like you said, I don't know. Are you gonna see it on the first week? I think so. <laughs> like my my gut instinct is that I yes I will do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like happy about it. I'm not gonna be like telling everyone I can't wait to do the Sonic movie. I think I'm just gonna go shame see it like when it comes out. What happens if it's a good movie? That 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 would be weird. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would be proven wrong, and I would enjoy a great. And I think we have fun for years talking about that awful trailer that made us think. And I just want to say this, people that are defending this movie, I get that you don't like the hate train, that the internet is part of like this whole uh, everything must be hated, but it's so terrible, guys. I don't know how you guys are defending it. Like, Everyone's got their own taste. I mean, every movie, it's fans. I'm sure there are people who think... That Planet of the Apes two thousand one is the best Planet of the Apes movie. Well, they're, I'm sure they're... That they loved that that tone. I'm sure they loved. Yeah, uh, but the... I can't think of anything else they would. I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I bet you when this trailer came out for the Planet of the Apes uh, Tim Burton movie, like people were like, "Holy shit, this looks pretty good." <laughs> and then they went to the movie, and then they're just like, "It's not really good." <laughs> <laughs> and then you had and then you had some of the people like oh you know it was okay it was a good it was an okay movie um but this one is the opposite this is more of what the fuck am i watching and then people are trying to do the comparison be like oh well you guys like the detective pikachu what's so different i'm like detective pikachu is so different that, that, i mean the trailer from that shows like uh respect for the source material it shows a good sense of humor it mm -hmm. shows like lots of interesting visuals lots of stuff that makes me go oh what's going on there i want to see more of that the sonic trailer shows none of that there's no time in the sonic trailer i'm like i want to see the rest of that scene that doesn't happen you guys remember it doesn't the happen 90s? Once. He's, he's like he flips over that car and he's like is that all you got and then jim carrey's like oh no it's not and then another car comes out I don't want to see the end of that scene. I don't give a fuck. There's that time where there's a bunch of missiles and Sonic takes them and like puts them into a bunch of, of machines and destroys them. I, I know they're trying to make it look cool, but it's like, oh, good job. You've dissolved all the tension out of that scene. And I haven't even seen the movie yet. Like, it's like, oh, Sonic was never really in danger. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what to say, but besides, we're going to have to wait until November <laughs> to see if this is a good movie, or this is a bad good movie, or this is a totally shit movie that you don't want to see. Uh, I'll probably see it within the month, but I'm pretty much going to go based off of what a Andy says. If he says it's uh, one of those, you know, 
bad but good movies, I'll probably go see it. But if it's a terrible movie, I'm, I'm not wasting my money. I'll see. I'm gonna it. take a flash. I'll tell you that the flash is going. Oh, so it might be a little. Uh, <laughs> the alcohol might strive a little bit in a different direction of your opinion. But uh, yeah, there's no other news, by the way, because Endgame is out and it's still dominating pretty much. Uh, you know the news and if i mention this one news it's kind of giving away spoilers so i'm not going to say it until andy watches endgame <laughs> well yeah the movie broke a bunch of records surprising no one it, it's still not number one it's still number one is avatar apparently fuck avatar <laughs> there's yeah. still there's still more avatar movies god damn it maybe yeah We'll, we'll probably not see it in our lifetime because James Cameron likes to take like 50 years for the movie to come out. He's a pretty efficient filmmaker. I mean, I'm sure if he wants it made, they're going to be made. But he, actually, he was trying to make a bunch of them all at once or something. Like that, mm-hmm. So he, he's doing the Peter, he's Peter Jackson. Yep. You got to get perfected. But anyway, guys. Uh, our podcast is uh, on iTunes and Spotify. If you search Nerd of ne- uh, Nerd of View Network, uh, wow, Nerd of View Network on Spotify and iTunes, you will find us on there. Uh, you could also find us on Podbean if you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. Uh, also, we're on nerdofview.com, which is everything nerdy. Uh, we're going to be updating the website a little bit so it can look a little more professional, in my opinion, because I, I kind of don't, don't look, uh, I don't like the design of the current one. So I'm kind of holding off updating it a little bit because I'm going to be updating the look of it before I do like posting news and shit. But uh, yeah, we're on there too. So we have like a little player that you could, you know, play all our podcast. Uh, I believe Tuesday. Me and Zach are recording uh, the Nemesis Project for the second episode called the Rebirth episode, where we have Resident Evil 1 Remake and Resident Evil 0, but we're doing Resident Evil 1 Remake first. So uh, our last episode was Code Veronica. If you go on YouTube and search the Nemesis Project, we're there. Uh, And also, we are on the the Podbean. So if you go to novnetwork.podbean.com, and, you know, you'll find the Nemesis Project there. Uh, Before we head out, Andy, uh, you've been watching anything? Any projects uh, coming along for any type of movie projects? Uh, No, same old, same old. Same old, same old? Okay, cool. I have nothing going on besides updating the site. So uh, I think we're going to sign it off here. Everybody have a good night, and we'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening.